You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Now, if you've been around for the last few weeks, you'll understand that we've been doing a series, a series which is Faith at Work. And it's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. You know, it's not, to no, it's not enough for us just to have faith in God, because God calls us to put our faith into action. It's the outpouring of what we believe in our hearts. And um, Tyler introduced us to this series, and he shared at first faith at work in the marketplace. And he said how, how we do is how we do our jobs day to day, demonstrating that we belong to the Lord, is working out our best with integrity with a good attitude, as well as managing any responsibilities given to us fairly. Then he shared on faith at work in finances. Now, God has a plan beyond the moment that we are in. I was listening to this this sermon on the podcast, and I was actually just so gripped by the story that you shared in, was it Two Kings? Is it right? Yeah. I was just like thinking, wow, how true this is. Not to be dictated by fear, you know, especially when it comes to finances, if I give this, oh, then I won't have enough for me. But it's obeying what has been asked of us, giving so that in turn we can receive the miracle of provision, releasing to be sustained. Even, you know, that phrase, giving is not an option, that you said is so true, is not an option, option it's obedience. God calls us to give, and in return we will receive. And then Julian shared faith at work in disappointments. Now life often does not go to plan. I can hold my hand up and say, I agree. Life does not go to plan. But again, God works through disappointments to develop character within us. Through these moments, people will notice our attitudes within such disappointments, but they will also see through us that God is at work today. And now, just to conclude our series, I'm sharing faith at work in relationships. And so, you know, if you have your Bibles on you, your hard copy, your digital copy, and even put the work in, I'm going to have it projected behind me as well, so you've got all the means necessary to be able to read and follow along. In Hebrews 12, 1 to 3, And it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Now, I love the fact that God has been moving this morning, because everything that happened this morning is in line with where I'm going, which is great. I love it when that happens. And when I, when I was looking at this point, faith at work in relationships, it is so broad. There are so many aspects that you can bring out. And But I was looking at this aspect of faith and thinking, 
I, I, I want to share on this first, faith. And by looking at this first, faith element, I think it will bring clarity to what we've heard already and then clarity to what I'm going to bring on this whole relationship. So I want to give an overview, an overview of faith. So in, in this passage in Hebrews, you sa it says that we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. And in looking into this, these are the heroes of faith that span right back to the Old Testament, right through to the New, and even to present day. These are people that have lived out their faith, and they have succeeded. And now they're looking upon us, and they're willing us to persevere and to reach the end. One hero of faith that I want to focus on is Paul. Because in Ephesians 2, 8 to 10, it says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And even to the church in Corinth, Paul explained or outlined the responsibility to God in faith. And I want to describe this through, through an image that I've recently learnt. If you can put the next one up. Rob, there we go. You got the indicative, which is a fact that exists. And this is the, the fact that exists is that we are saved by grace. It's not we could have been, but we are. God has made a way. Christ has given his life. And we are saved. And so our imperative is that in obedience to that, we will live out according to the way that he wishes us to live out our lives. It's not an option. Before this, we, we lived. We lived. If there was an arrow, I didn't put it on, but if there's an arrow before the indicative, that was the way I used to live. That was my old life. But then I discovered and I realized that God gave his life for me and for you and for everyone else. He laid it all down so that I can have a relationship with God. And so in response to that, I need to be obedient. Faith leads to obedience and obedience leads to God's blessing and a closer communion with him. See, we have a responsibility we must use the means that God has given us to strengthen our, our, our own faith and then to build the faith of others. So we are called to be set apart. This is our, my next point. We are set apart by God and as his disciples we must be obedient. I love the New Testament and a lot of them are Paul's writings. And in Romans, in Romans 12, he explains how, you know, he's urging us to be living sacrifices. We've heard it quoted many times, like, not to conform to the way of the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your minds. But also in, in this chapter, he speaks about love. Love must be sincere, hating what is evil, clinging to what is good etc. and etc. 
this extends into our relationship with others. Verse 21 says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Straight away, we see a contradiction to the way of the world. How many of you have heard the phrase, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth? Yeah? If someone hits you, hit him back. I grew up with this when I was younger. When I was bullied, I would stand up and I would fight back. But God is calling us to live a different way. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. As disciples of God, we are called to be set apart so that in our relationship with others, we are not led to respond in a worldly manner, but a godly manner. See, this is where faith comes in. In our faith, we can have a relationship with God. We understand that he exists today, that he's walking by our side in everything that we go through. And so we draw near to him. And as we draw near to him, that results in growth, growth in our character, transforming of the way that we act, the way that we speak, the way that we are around everybody. And then as that, you know, that continues to grow and shape our character within, then it extends out into action. We can no longer contain it. Our relationship with God has become so great that we have to go out and show it to everybody else. Show that God is very much alive today. Paul's word to the Corinthian church. We know this passage in 1 Corinthians 13. Again, it speaks about love. But it's before the love is patient, love is kind phrase that in verse, 30, uh, in verse 2, sorry, it says, And if I have faith that can move mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. Powerful words spoken by Paul. I can have all the faith in the world, but if I don't respond in love, in the manner that God desires me, to respond in situations. I am nothing. I am no different. It's an important lesson that I have continually learned over the years. Because it's all well and good me saying, yeah, I trust in God and I believe in God and I'm going to walk in this way. But if I respond in my relationships with others, in, my, in the way that I speak to others, in the way that they do anyway, I am no different. If they speak to me in anger and I respond in anger, I am no different to them. But if I respond in love, I'm set apart and I'm revealing to them Christ. And I was searching, when I was searching through the Bible, I was thinking, okay, surely there's got to be a great example of faith and action in relationships, surely. But then looking back into this passage in Hebrews, it says, fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So who better to look at than Jesus himself? 
And so I want to look at the example of Jesus. If, if any of you were around during our summer, you'll remember that we did a series called Discipleship 101, how it is to be and to make disciples. And Jesus is our great example because we are his disciples and we must follow his step. Yeah? We are followers of God. We are followers of Christ. We are disciples. And we must follow in step with him. Learning from him. Being obedient. Now if you want to turn into your Bibles to John 4. This is one of many examples to bring across. And this is Jesus talking with the Samaritan woman. Now I'm going to share from verse 7 to 15 and then jump to verse 27. Now he says, When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with. And the well is too deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and his herds? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will, be, will not be thirsty again. But whoever drinks, no, sorry. Jesus answered, whoever drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will, be, will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Just then his disciples returned. This is verse 27 now. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why you were talking with her? Now, this is one example of a loving relationship between Jesus and a Samaritan woman. From this and from other examples, we can see that the way of love is Christ-like rather than the way of condemnation. This is a strong point that I'm saying is that because I've seen it and I've even seen it said to me by fellow believers, if you don't believe in God, you're going to hell. I already believe in God. <laughs> you know, why are you declaring this to me? Surely our attitude to others should be love. In this moment, Jesus didn't condemn this woman, but he was building a relationship with her, building a bridge, communicating. Just asking and responding in the right way to get her thinking. Seeing a different perspective. 
How many times did Jesus rebuke or correct his disciples for saying the wrong things at the wrong time in certain situations? Some examples, you've got the feeding of the 5,000. The disciples said, send them away. And Jesus said, no, we're going to feed them here. And then there was the Canaanite woman with a daughter suffering with demon possession. The disciples said, send her away because she keeps crying after us. But Jesus then used that situation to teach, not only teach the disciples a valuable lesson, but extend grace to a woman, this woman. How are we acting in our relationship with others? Are we Christ-like or do we easily slip back into the way of the world and respond in in a worldly manner? Now I can put my hand up and I can say, I've made many mistakes in this. I've had situations at work where with colleagues, they say things and I get caught up in their conversation and then I say things and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, that was not right, was it? Why did I say that? I've had times even at home with my family where, you know, suddenly there'll be an argument and then I'll get straight into this argument and start fighting back. And I'll be like, and then again, it'll be later on, I'll be thinking, oh, why did I fight back? I made the situation worse. You know, this is not being Christ-like. This is just being everything, every, every, everybody else. I want to share a personal story that I've experienced recently. So I'm going to paint you a picture. When I was um, in Albania, I had a dream one night about a college friend. I have not seen this friend for years, since college. I was thinking, why on earth am I dreaming about a friend that I've not seen for years? Now, I would have let it go, except that when I went back to sleep, I dreamed about them again. So I thought, okay, I'm going to move into this. So when I came back to came back to England, I contacted her and said, okay, this is going to sound a bit strange, but you've come to mind recently, and how would you like to meet up for a coffee and a chat and a catch-up? She said, oh, it's great to hear from you. Let's meet up. Yeah, it would be great. So then I went to Brighton, and I, I met her in a coffee shop, and for two hours we spoke no end just catching up on life and everything. Now, she knows that I'm a believer. And naturally, the conversation started to roll into, so what are you doing in your church? And, you know, yeah, I think about it sometimes. And, you know, I can see, you know, how can you live like that? You know, you're a volunteer in a church and you work one day a week and yet you're still surviving. (laughs) I said, well, that's the beauty of God. You know? And, you know, I was not challenging her in the sense of saying, look, you need to believe in what I believe with, otherwise there's no hope. But I was building bridges. I was just getting to know her again. I was trying to, co- to come to where she was and understand her situation. And so we met up again. She decided to travel all the way up here, and we went into town and had lunch again. And again, we started having conversations. And again, naturally, it goes back to God. And she was saying to me how she said, I've got a friend at work and she recently came to believe in God. But she 
whenever I speak to her, she says to me, I need to believe what she believes, otherwise I'm going to hell. You know, every time I ask her questions, she shuts me down. I don't feel like I can get a word in edgeways. And then she said to me, and she said, but then of course I speak to you, and you listen to my questions, and the way you answer gets me thinking. I'm thinking, praise God. Praise God that over these years I've learned something, that I've learned to be Christ-like rather than in the world. It's so easy in those situations to be like, come on, get your act together, believe what I believe. But it's like, well, no, this is not right, because how did I come to God? I came to God through someone coming to me and saying, why don't you come along to church one time, just see what it's like, come to the youth group. Okay, nothing wrong with that. Eleven years later, I'm standing here. There we go. <laughs> That's the power of God working in, in lives, but through us in relationship with other people. And she was saying to me, she was saying to me, just like, I just cannot understand there being a God. And in these situations, it's like, oh, how can you not understand that there's not a God? But it's just like, okay, how can I explain this to someone that is clearly asking the questions and seeking out whether there's something more here? And I was just like, okay, how, okay, let me think. So I, I, on this table, I drew a circle. Not in a pen, I drew it with water so we can wipe it off. <laughs> Be in trouble otherwise. I said, okay, look at this circle. Imagine that this circle is everything there is to know in the whole world. Everything. You know, bearing in mind God is all-knowing, right? This is everything there is to know ever. I said, now if you were to shade in a part of that, how much would you shade in? And she was like, um, probably, probably just do that very thin outer line that you've drawn. That's probably all I know. So then I said to her then, that then, so you're agreeing that you know some things, but there's more for you to know. And she said, oh, well, yeah. So then I was like, okay, then what if I was to say to you that within that you don't know, there's God. And in my line of what I know, I've discovered some things that you know, some things that you know that I didn't know before, but I've also discovered that there's a God. Which was like, okay, that got me thinking. It's building bridges. It's not condemning. It's not putting down. It's not saying, I'm better than you. Come up and join me. It's putting ourselves down with everybody. Meeting them where they're at. And saying, let me just be part of you on this journey. You know, I've discovered something. Let me walk with you. And maybe you'll begin to see what I can see. Faith in action is more than saying, I believe in God, but living it out on a daily basis. Yeah. Are we living it out on a daily basis? There's another example, just before I close, happened last night. <laughs> With my sister. Now, my sister has been slaving around at home. She cleaned the bathroom upstairs. God, it's spotless. We share a bathroom, you see, and it's great. Parents go downstairs and we get upstairs. It's amazing. 
So of course I go in there, and of course, as you can see, I'm growing my winter coat at the moment. You know, I thought I'd try something different, keep my face warm. And of course, it needs a bit of tender loving care. So I thought I'll go in there and tidy it up a bit, you know, before speaking to, before you today. So of course I do it, and I'm like, I know that my sister's clean, so I'm going to clean the sink, clean the shelf, it gets everywhere, clean here, clean there. Spotless. And go back into my room and go back over what I wanted to share this morning and everything. I then get a knock on the door. It's my sister. She's not too happy. She's like, did you shave? I said, well, no. <laughs> but I was just like, I, I tied it up a bit, as you can see. I said, well, you made a mess. I said, no, 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 no. I cleaned up after myself. I said, no, no. Look, on the floor, around the base of the sink, little hairs. And I'm just like, you know, in the moments in the past, I was like, oh, come on, can't you not see that I've, I've cleaned the sink after me, that I've cleaned the shelf after me. I missed the floor and you're having a go at me. Oh, come on. That was me in the past. But in this moment, it was like, and I think maybe it was helpful that I was looking over this at the time. <laughs> but in that moment, I was just like, wait, actually, you're right. You've been slaving away cleaning this bathroom. And I've gone in and made a mess. I'm sorry. Why don't I get a hoover and clean it up? Peace. One thing. I could have responded in anger and frustration that as a guy you can't see that I cleaned the sink. Miracle. <laughs> or I respond and actually understand it from my sister's perspective. Meet her where she's at and say, you know what, you're right. I apologize, let me clean it up. She gave me a big hug after it, I can't complain. <laughs> but this is it, isn't it? Faith at work. My relationship with God has built character within me, growth within me, that now I can, you know, can extend out to everybody that I interact with. Now at work, I'm known, I'm known as the guy, everyone's scared of me at work, I don't understand that. That's another story, I won't go into it now. But it's just like, there's just like, I'm known as the guy that doesn't swear. Amen. <laughs> you know, don't need to swear. If you're scared of me without swearing, I must be doing something right. <laughs> you know, at home with my family already, building relationship with my sister and my family, they don't believe in God. But my very attitude and the way I am with them, I believe, is breathing Christ into their lives. Our faith is birthed, developed and mature matured through first a long-lasting relationship with God. Our faith then must work out in every aspect of our lives. I kind of want to sum up everything that we've, that we've had up to this point in the last few weeks in this series. So where is faith at work in your, work, in your workplace, in the marketplace? Are you giving your best? Not succumbing to bad habits, but realizing we are working for God. 
not for man. What about in our finances? We can have much or we can have little. But faith is characterized in the obedience we show God in responding to his call to give to the church, to someone in need. Understanding that in giving comes provision. And then what about in disappointments? Not allowing situations to get us down, but knowing that God has it in hand. Our character is transformed, and through this change of perspective, others can see that God is very much active today. And then what about our relationship with others? Our words and the way we live our lives in step with God, rather than in step with the world. Arguments can be broken down before they begin. Love can overwhelm hate. People will be able to see the character of God right before their eyes. It starts with you and me. So I don't know whether what I've said has struck a nerve. Because it did. I had a very real experience yesterday where it did. And I feel that the right, the right thing to do in this moment is to respond. It's like, we've had this series on faith in action, faith at work, sorry. Is faith at work in your lives, in these different areas? In mine, I know there's still development. There's always, there's always room for improvement. So in this moment, I know, if this has, why don't you stand with me? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people, in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.